Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. What a blessing. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this second service. We thank you for what you're about to do. May your name be glorified in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 39 to 41. Jesus is speaking. He said, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, Turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Praise the Lord. We are considering stretch part two. Stretch part two. Please. Clap your hands and take your seat. God bless you. Praise the Lord. At the first service, I considered a few things with the church. And one of the things we considered is the fact that the scripture points to us an attitude that Jesus wants the New Testament believer to have which is a deviation from what the Old Testament believer, the mindset of an Old Testament believer was. So Jesus speaking was saying that you have heard said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I'm telling you right now that if somebody slaps you on this side, turn the other side. If someone asks for your coat, don't give him only your coat, Give him your clock. And if someone um, asks you to go a mile, compels you to go a mile, do two miles. Is that not beautiful? So here, this whole scripture is teaching us how to stretch and to go the extra mile. And stretching must become a lifestyle on a daily basis as part of your walk as a child of God. It must become a daily lifestyle for you as a child of God. Now, stretching here connotes sacrifice. That is, turn the other side. All right? Don't give just your coat. Give the clock. And when they ask you to go one, go two. So, stretching here in this scripture connotes sacrifice or going the extra mile, especially in absorbing shocks and externalities. And that's what we have said. Secondly, I said that stretching also connotes beating or punishment, as in Luke chapter 22, verse 53, and Acts chapter 12, verse 1. So normally when you are being stretched, you feel like you are being beaten or you are being what? Punished. And when 
you are stretching, that is how it feels. Whenever you are stretching, it also feels like you are sacrificing and it's like you are absorbing shocks from externalities. Number three, shock um, stretching also connotes the readiness to act in obedience. Stretching connotes the readiness to act in obedience. Genesis 22 verse 10. And that's where we ended the service that anytime we talk about stretch, we are talking about something that makes you feel like there is a demand on you to act in obedience readily according to the voice or the instruction of God. Now, which realm should we consider this phenomenon of stretching? In which realm or realms is stretching permitted or allowed? Are you with me? <laughs> Number one, stretching is allowed in God's realm. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 22. Stretching is allowed in God's realm. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. That stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain. And spreadeth them out as what? Tent to dwell in. So God stretches out the heavens as a curtain. So, God's realm, in the realm of God, he deals with stretching. God likes to stretch. I'm just showing you something small. God likes to stretch. And when God is stretching, he stretches for both good and for evil. In Isaiah 44, verse 24, we see God stretching again. Because whatever you see God doing, you have to do. In 4420, thus saith the Lord, thy redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, and spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. So God as a maker, you see, you will normally see God stretching when he connects himself to creation or to making. So it takes the stretching nature or the stretching attribute of God for him to make, he said, I stretch the heavens. Praise the Lord. So whenever God wants to make or create, one of the things he brings on, and you see, we have heard that the heavens and the earth, they were formed and created by the wisdom of God. So one of the ingredients of that wisdom in creation, when God wants to create, has to do with what? Stretching. And that means you must embrace sacrifice you must feel like you are being punished or beaten. And you must be readily obedient. I, I don't know if God is talking to somebody here. So here in the good, you see God stretching. Again, in Isaiah 51 verse 13, I'm giving you enough to know that God stretches. So you stretching is not strange. In 51 13, he said, And forgettest the Lord thy maker that has stretched forth the heavens, and laid the foundations of the earth. And has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor. As if he were what? 
ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? So here we see that God himself, the, the maker of life, was being forgotten. And the prophet was reminding them that he is the God who stretches. Praise the Lord. He stretches the heavens. God stretches the heavens. So tell somebody, God stretches. So tell somebody that even in the realm of God, there are some stretching going on there. Alright, so normally when the Bible also talks about God stretching, we see it connected with his outstretched arm. So you see also in Jeremiah 51 verse 25, Jeremiah 51 verse 25, you see the arm of God stretched and you see the power of God at work. So in Jeremiah chapter number 51 verse 25 this is what the Bible said. Behold I am against thee O destroying mountain saith the Lord which destroyeth all the earth and I will stretch out my hand upon thee and roll thee down from the rocks and will make thee a bent mountain. So here we see that God is stretching forth his hand and he is destroying. Not only is he making it. So that's why I said that when God stretches, it's for both good and if you like, for evil. In Lamentation chapter 2, verse number 8, look at the scripture. Lamentation 2, 8, he said, The Lord has purposed to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. He has stretched out a line. He has not withdrawn his hand from destroying. Therefore, he made the rampart and the wall to lament. They languished together. So, all these destruction we are seeing is because God has stretched his hand. In fact, in Egypt, when he was delivering them, he said, I did so with my outstretched arm. And whilst one part of that outstretched arm delivered the people of God, the other part brutalized the Egyptians. Praise the Lord. So God stretches. That's the whole idea God wants you to know that in the realm of God, God is always stretching to make things happen. If God has to stretch to make, to create, even to punish evil, then the evil of poverty and sickness in your life will also demand you stretching to deal with. You want to create, you want to make, it will demand you stretching to make or to create in ministry, in marriage, in finance, in your health. Health is bad, it's evil. And for you to punish it, you need to stretch. That means you have to stop some late eating. You have to stop going you, you have to go against yourself in terms of what you crave at odd hours. It's stretching yourself. I don't know if God is talking to somebody. <laughs> Different things. You need to stretch to deal with poverty. Because poverty doesn't go away automatically. Even the wealthiest nation has poor people. Because Alleviating poverty is not an automatic occurrence. It is a conscious effort, a deliberate attempt to live above the poverty line. And that means that somebody must understand the concept of sowing, the concept of saving, 
The concept of budgeting so that you will cure waste. The concept of education. The concept of living within your means. All of that because it doesn't go automatically. Number two, which realm are we talking about? It is stretching is also in the realm of man. It's in the realm of what? Yeah, stretching is in the realm of man. Look at Exodus chapter 7 verse 19. In Exodus 7 19, very quickly, it says that, And the Lord spake to Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, and upon their rivers, and upon their what? Ponds. And upon all their what? Pools of water, that they may what? Become blood. And that there, what, there may be what blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in what vessels of what, of what vessels of wood and in vessels of what stone. He told Aaron, stretch forth your rod. So Aaron was commanded by God through Moses to stretch. That's what I'm saying that God is not the only one who stretches, but man also must stretch. That stretching, the concept of stretching is in the realm of man also. That it takes men to stretch for some things to happen here on earth. So if you stretch on the waters, the pond, the rivers, then there will be blood everywhere. So sometimes what it takes for your deliverance or for the display of the power of God to bring you deliverance or to announce that you are a special person has to do with your willingness to stretch. Because it is in this stretching that Pharaoh knew that these guys are not normal. If he can stretch and the waters will become bloody, they are not normal. But assuming when Aaron was told to stretch, he refused to stretch his rod on the waters, the ponds, the rivers, and all the water bodies. You can, you can simply say that those things, those things wouldn't have turned into blood. And that means Pharaoh was going to play with them for a long time. Now, even with this, he was still playing. That's what I'm saying. Some things will never change around you if you don't embrace the concept of stretching. Sacrifice. Obedience, Katala Bradiga. In chapter 8, verse 5 to 6, Exodus 8, 5 to 6. Let's read very quickly. And the Lord spake unto Moses, say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thy hand with thy rod over the streams and over the rivers and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. God said, I'm not only changing the waters into blood, but I need to demonstrate that different things will come out of the water. Frogs. And if frogs will come out, even though I am God in heaven and I'm the one commanding the frogs to come out, I need Aaron to stretch his rod first and based on the stretching, I will make the frogs come out. So there are things God wants to do and if you don't position yourself to stretch sacrificially, obediently, are you following here at all? Until you get to that point where you feel like you are punishing or beating yourself, some things can never happen in your life. If you always want to be comfortable, Pharaoh will rule over you. The idols of Egypt will rule over you. So it takes you to stretch for you to see the outstretched arm of God. 
Is it powerful already? Exodus 10.22. I'm loving it. In Exodus chapter 10 verse 20. Let's read it together. The whole church. One, go. And Moses stretched forth his hands towards what? Heaven. And there was what? A thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. How many days? Three days. God wanted to bring a thick darkness. Of course, you know that it is not Moses who brought the thick darkness. But God needed him to stretch forth his hands towards where? The heavens. So, sometimes heaven will not respond to you until you stretch. It is the stretching of your hands sometimes that will cause the supernatural power of God to be demonstrated in your realm. In chapter 14, verse 16, same Exodus i give you this last scripture about stretching in the realm of men. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So here, when they got to the Red Sea, when they were, God said, let my people go. They got to the Red Sea and the Red Sea was on ground. Right before them, Pharaoh and his troops behind them, mountain and wilderness on one on the on the both sides. And God said to him, Look, I have the ability to make you people go through the dry ground, but it is going to be based on this condition. I want you to stretch. So the question is: how come God delivers people like let my people go? Pharaoh says, go. And then, the people who have been delivered prophetically get recaptured. How do pursuing forces overtake and recapture people who have been delivered? I'm showing you how you can be born again and still suffering. Because the blood of Jesus has let you go. Let my people go. But... The power of Satan is recapturing you, overtaking you because you don't understand that it takes stretching for a way to be made in the Red Sea. So you are a child of God, but Satan is still in charge. Yes, in charge of your finances because you don't know how to stretch. That's why he delivered you from bondage. And in Christ, you are still encountering bondage, even though when you die, you go to heaven. But here, no. The rest you can only open when you know how to stretch. So many believers are grounded. The devil that the Lord delivered you from has overtaken you and recaptured you because you don't understand that you need to stretch to keep sustaining and maintaining your deliverance that has been given to you. I'm feeling it important. Let me tell you, at some point in time, being in church is nothing. And being in Christ at some point in time is nothing. If you don't know how to sustain your liberty and deliverance in the Lord continually by the principles of faith, you will think that God has disappointed you or God is not working enough on your case and in your life. It is just because you are not applying the principles that will sustain your delivery. Look at what the Bible said. I love it. He said that when a demon is cast out of a person, 
that demon will leave and go to a dry ground, the wilderness. And will go and be roaming there for a long time and the demon will return back. And when he comes back and finds out that the person who was delivered has lazily conditioned their life for the accommodation of the demon, that demon will go and bring seven more wicked spirit than itself and come and dwell in the same person who was delivered and the latter part of that person will be worse than the beginning. What is the Bible trying to say? The Bible is saying that when you are delivered today, you must know what it takes to sustain your deliverance or else your life will be worse. That's why people can be born again and now see that they are suffering now than even when they were in the world. Yes. So some people there, we shouldn't deliver them at all. Because you are not interested in learning what it takes to sustain your... Do you understand the point God is making? That's why wicked spirits are playing totals with you. They are jogging with you. Playing football with you. Parano sacredis. I'm feeling it already. Say, God, open my eyes. God, open my eyes. It's powerful. And many people in church complain. Why am I like this? Why am I like that? It is not the wickedness of God. It is your response. The Bible says it's the duty of a man to search a matter. So when you have been delivered, look, the doctor that um, diagnosed you and prescribed medicine for you to, to be well, the doctor doesn't take the medicine for you. Can only give you the medicine. Your responsibility is to take the medicine. Keep taking it, especially for those of you who have got medical conditions that have to be managed, like maybe hypertension or pressure. You need to manage it almost all your life, except when God decides to intervene. If you decide that, oh, I won't take my drug. Oh, I will eat whatever I want. Oh, I will do this. You will see that it is not the doctor that will die. <laughs> Who will die? Is it the doctor? Oh. So, when you see that you have a medical condition... You must open yourself up to learning how to maintain a very balanced, healthy life by gaining knowledge about it, how to stretch, how to... That's why you see that to maintain a good, healthy life, you, you have to change your lifestyle sometimes. Stop eating this, that, that. I remember my mom had an accident, and when she had an accident, when she recovered, she developed hypertension. So the doctor said, no pepper, no salt. You will die. You will die. You will be damaged. No, 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 no. As for me, you know, they born me eating salt. Eat. Hey. It's a matter of sacrifice and stretching. So that you will live to fulfill your destiny. Is God talking to somebody here? Nice. And here on earth, 
to maintain your deliverance, you need to stretch. You need to stretch. I love it. So stretching is also in the realm of men. Is that correct? All right. Number three, stretching also happens in the realm of angels. In the realm of what? Angels also have to stretch. <laughs> I won't tell you. I'm just telling you maybe a few that are important. Exodus 25, verse 19 and 20. Exodus 25, 19 and 20. Look at this. And make one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall ye make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. Okay, so here we see clearly that the Lord is giving them a pattern on how they should decorate the ark of the covenant in the holies of holies. Okay? And he said, if you look at the ark like a box or like, let's say, a coffin, he said, one cherub should be here and another should be here. So, and they were angels. So, one here, one here. All right? Are you getting the picture? Then the next verse says that when you do this, and he said, and the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high. So you see that these angels are stretching. <laughs> and they are stretching their what? Wings on high. Covering the mercy seat with their wings. So the one here and the one here, they will stretch their wings like this. And they will cover the mercy seat with their wings. Remember that the cherubim, they had more than two wings. Some four and blah, blah, blah. But it says that they will do that. And their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim. So we see that even in the presence, the very presence of God, the angels of God are required to stretch in worship. You know, it's you. Now, if angels are required to stretch, God Himself is stretching. And you, you decide that you will not stretch. Um, God say, I'm stretching, you know. And you say, we are stretching, you know. Why are you not stretching? Everybody has to stretch. In the presence of God. Have you seen that? The ark is the very presence of God. So you can't say media, I'm so anointed that I don't want to stretch. Even if you are the one who gave birth to the anointing, you will be required to what? Stretch. So sometimes we fast. We work. We go out for evangelism. We win souls. We lay down our lives. You need to stretch even in the presence of... So the presence of God is not only for rest. It's also for stretching. In worship. <laughs> you stretch in the presence of the Lord. It's powerful, Papa. Nice. So some people, once they, they start moving in the giftings of God, demonstration of spiritual things, they, they tend to focus anything that has to do with effort. They tend to think that the spirit will take charge and do everything. 
See, when God was stretching, he stretched his arm. Aaron, stretch your arm. Moses, stretch your arm. Angels, spread your wings. You must be doing something. You must be what? With your hand. You must be doing something. With your life. You must stretch. Some people, if you just put them out of their comfort zone, I'm going to be a She said, because you are asking them to do what? Come on now, you got to wake up. You're asking them to do what? Anyone around you who doesn't understand the phenomenon of stretching can be dangerous to your cause. Because at some point in time, they are going to be taken from you, taken from you, and never adding to you. So you need everyone around you. Husbands must stretch. Wives must stretch. Members must stretch. Pastor must stretch. All of us must what? Stretch. Because the God we serve stretches. And the angels that are his um, servant. Or the, the, the angels that wait on us. They also wait on us by stretching. Number four. The realm of stretching also has to do with the realm of potentials. Or assignment, if you like, call it task. Potentials must be stretched. Assignment must be stretched. Your task needs to be stretched. Isaiah 44, 13 and 14. I'm enjoying the message. And I don't know who is enjoying the message too. Is this our church? In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 13 and 14, he said, The carpenter stretched out his rule. You know, the carpenter has a ruler. He stretched out his rule. He made it out with a line. He also has a line. He fitted it with what? Planes. And he made it out with the compass. And make it after the figure of a man. According to the beauty of a man. That it may what remain in the house. Now, this is the carpenter. He works with wood. But here in this verse, we see a lot of the tools of the carpenter mentioned here. In trying to make one nice piece. The rule is there. He stretch it out. He, the line is there. The plane is there. Some people don't remember. Because of course, the technical skills, I know somebody wrote it for you. The compass. Basic tools of a carpenter. He brings all of them on board and stretches them to make one piece that will be beautiful in the eyes of people. Hey! So you, you say, I have a skill. I have a potential. I'm a hairdresser. I'm blah, blah, blah. You want to do all you know all the time. You don't engage every other thing you have to stretch. You are going nowhere. You are going nowhere. If all you are doing is, uh, I'm, I'm a secretary. I'm a secretary and they have to take me as a, as a secretary. No. 
after being the secretary, you, know, you have to find a way of upgrading yourself. Use another tool. Are you following now? Because a time will come, you will not be writing in the book again. They will require of you to use Excel. They will require of you to use Microsoft Word. They will require, it's like Greek to some people here, but do I even care? You'll be required to make a presentation. PowerPoint presentation. Say, power, you're pointing. Adi ye kokuni pana. Mina baby same. So yes, secretary of typewriting school. And memory. You can't use the computer. You can't use anything. You're still doing shorthand. Stenographer type what? Two. And no. Which serious MD is going to employ someone who is whose skills are limited to a typewriter? When was the last time you saw a typewriter? They are in the museum. So when you are the way you stretch with your assignment is that you bring every skill, every knowledge, every tool, every human resource, every information on board to make a beautiful piece. Someone brings you a job to, to, to dress someone for a wedding and the, the, the wedded looks like a corpse. What's the idea now? They bring you a material to sew. Oh. Look, I don't want to preach again. One said, I won't tell you. Why your mama tell you chat to chin it to send you to rocks? Who's running at me? You have not learned how to use your plane, how to use your line, how to use your marker, how to use your. You have not learned the, the best, the better way, the modern way, the more improved way. You are not stretching what your master taught you. That's all you know. And so when your master became outdated, you too, you became irrelevant. Because now people are sewing, they are cutting French cut. You are still here. You are still here cutting what you get. Or we are going to put it on slaves. No, no style, no nothing, nothing special. Just say, Oh, yeah, cameraman, you catch yourself be true, be wedded. Pictures. Pictures, I would try a ten pen a year, year ten. Ten. What's your pictures in Indiana? You can't know any panel. Oh. No precision, no accuracy, no excellence, nothing. When it comes to your potential, the gift God has given you, you say you are a journalist, 
you are still mentioning some words the way you do. Now, wow. There is nothing, there is no editorial you put out there that doesn't have a grammatical error. Recently, I saw a school doing speech and prize giving day. School, oh. And I don't want to mention the school. Because I have a daughter there, you know. I love the daughter. Pa. Speech, you know, my children, S-P-E-A-C-H. Speech, school. Then Kenya Shoemaker, be crowd children, idea, by way. School, speech, and prize giving day. What's actual prize? You know, P R I C E. Now say, you can't differentiate between, they call it what? Monotone, <laughs> all those. You can't differentiate between words dance, words that sound the same but mean differently. What's a weird journalist? Whoa. Ah, Ufri. Bring all your tools on board. Where are your tools? Jesus brought everything on board. He said, I'm here to empty myself. Paul said, I'm here to be spent, to spend and to be, I want to empty myself. I want to stretch. As a pastor, I'm here to stretch. The member must be here to stretch. The things that will not inure to your benefit, they are the things you love. And to anyone who proposes anything that will make you stretch in prayer, stretch in hard labor, stretch in anything that will bring you benefit. You fight it because in your mind, everything is settled and finished. Let me tell you today by the special grace of God, it is time you and I embrace stretching. How to stretch? Too much is at stake. Tell somebody, too much is at stake. For you to be comfortable, you need to stretch. I can't hear you. Too much is at stake. <laughs> Me, I don't speak very good English. But sometimes when I'm listening to the news, and uh, I see subject-verb disagreement, confusion, ayabasa, just a misrelated construction. Hey! He said, It is absolutely ambiguous. You can't make any sense out of the thing that is being said. And what, what even surprises me is the boldness with which, the, hey, all knowing, waiting so. So you feel like the person who has a platform is the person who knows. Hey, Casa anyhow, no humility. Now, if this is what you believe is your potential, if talking is your potential, you need to stretch. If journalism, for instance, is what you feel is your assignment for this season, 
then you need to know as much as you can. Is that not so? That's it. You say I'm an HR. And in your mind, this is how I am. Everyone around me should adjust to me. HR. You don't understand your, the title of your position is human resource management. Who is managing who? You are managing human resources. Simply put, you are trying to bring out the best in people. How even to bring out the best in a monkey? You have to understand the psychology of the monkey. And two monkeys are not the same. And you said that all of them should adjust to ask for you. No, you are time. Anything, regardless of what they are, they must adjust it. Whoa. Tell somebody you have to adjust to and stretch. So yeah, there are some things that you don't take it to certain quarters. In the realm of your potential, in you can imagine as a pastor, if I don't stretch myself in different topics, different themes, different doctrinal. Um, standpoints and get some kind of knowledge about them. You can imagine what will happen 15 years after this church. Just a way what That's why some people they sack themselves from ministry. You now you'll be there, you see that there is nothing else you have to offer. Because you are not stretching. You are not studying the word. You are not reading. You are not praying. You are not attending conferences. Like you are not evolving. You are not emerging. You are not revolving. You are not, you are not turning out better. It's like some, some PhD or doctors or professors, they have stopped reading. So normally, and this one I say, some people will be angry with me. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I like to say it. I'm saying it. When some professors give assignment to, let's say, they are people they are supervising or PhD student, normally they will tell you that reference, and it shouldn't be more than 10 years, it should be current reference. Except there are some, they are, even if they are ancient, like... Um, Ravenstein, you still quote Ravenstein and then bring modern blah, 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 blah to it. But look, take a typical professor who has been given an assignment to present a paper. If the person is not reading, all the references are in the 70s, 60s, 50s, blah, blah, blah. And when it, it, is, it is default. They know them. So new publications have come, but because he's not reading, he can't cite. So even when he cites something that's a new trend, he still gives you an old citation. Because he doesn't have time to read. 
And when you see a more current one too, who is reading, regardless of their age, you see that it's in the modern day argument. In some of the arguments, some people make my last man to Ekra Fufraba. So, um, in Ogusu society, 1974, 1889. Because he's not reading. You are not reading. Ministry has changed. Are you following now? Marriage, the way our generation want to see it, the same marriage God created, though. But some things are becoming flexible. Yes. So what you wanna akolani usuna uwetu na abosu read the paper. Ajua ubani usun. Go try it this time around. Go try it this time around. So if you are if you are a young man operating with an old mind, you find out that every time there will be tension in your house because the woman cannot be in the kitchen and be taking care of the child at the same time. Oh. But maybe you saw your father reading, reading newspaper. Whilst your mother was running around chasing children and cooking and everything at the same time. So you do you want to do the same thing to them to a modern woman? Is it to a modern woman? The only woman that can accept that is your mother. And you can't marry your mother. So if you have married anybody away from your mother, you gotta change. <laughs> only your mother can accept that. And you see, if I decide that I want to preach this message, eh, I think I will lose some friends. But <laughs> the essence of the whole message today is that God is stretching. Man must stretch. Angels are stretching. And in the execution of your potential or assignment... You need to embrace what? Stretching. Sacrifice. Obedience. Humility. Nothing smells or stinks more than a follower who is arrogant. A subordinate who is arrogant. You are also an employee. And you are, you are not humble. Kai, you are not humble. How? Hmm? Look at someone say, hmm? You need humility to be able to stretch. In the first service, <laughs> I told them, I said, you need understanding to be able to what? Stretch. I'm giving you that same point here. Add the humility to it. That if you are not humble, you can never be teachable. And if you are a human being here on earth, and you don't have humility, and you are not teachable, you can never be useful. 
to anything or anyone. Let me say it again. Here on it, if you lack humility and teachability, you will never be useful. Because you don't know everything. And you must have a mind of learning. A mind of receiving teaching direction, instruction to be useful. Praise the Lord. So when you lack it, ah, and understanding. Jeremiah 51, verse 15. We read it. And it didn't touch my heart. He has made, let's read together, the whole church. Everybody, one, go. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom. And has stretched out the heaven by his word. Understanding. God stretches based on his understanding. Stretches the heavens. If God is able to stretch based on his understanding, brothers and sisters, your ability to effectively stretch is a function of your understanding. If you lack understanding, you will perish like a beast. Like an animal who is senseless and directionless. And I didn't insult you. I just quoted a scripture. Psalm 49 verse 20. That is what a man who lacks understanding. That's the fate of that man. Let's read it together on the screen. Everybody, one, go. Man... That is in word honor. And understand that not is like the beast that perish. What is our buona utumiwu anyhow? That even though God has honored you as a wife, you can perish in that marriage just because you lack understanding. God has honored you as CEO. But you lack understanding. So you perish like an animal that a trap has killed. That you didn't die. You, you were killed for your lack of understanding. Now wow. That's a lack of understanding is what will make a child take poison and feel it's a drink. Because he lacks understanding. And there are Christians that sometimes will behave like that. That the whole year, no. That if you hear that we are reading book, you what you love, power is fasting and what prayers. But if we say that we are reading, oh, <laughs> that we should read, that's a case now. That read, even if they want to give you all the gold in Obuasi or Takwa. For you to read, and you say, No, no, they should take the goat. You are allergic to reading. And when they were selecting people in Babylon, they said, We want guys, young men, 
who are of a certain mental quality. And Daniel understood by the books that any Christian who hates Christian literature is going nowhere. You don't read. It's been a long time since you read even your Bible on your own. Can't um, go to challenge bookshop, kingdom bookshop, or wherever bookshop, wherever paradise books, or wherever they sell books, and to buy book. You don't have budget for book. The podcast is there. It's free. If you have data, you can. All you have is Victoria's Secret. Oh, necklace, anklet. There's no lace for your mind. How? How? Takradu will say, brothers and sisters. Bleda. Into me and the If you hate knowledge, you perish as a beast, even though God has honored you. That it takes understanding to stretch. And you gain understanding through books, through sitting and being taught like. What God is helping us this morning. You find out that when you were employed into your organization as a whatever, they had to do orientation for you. Because whatever you knew from wherever you were coming might be great, but might not be relevant here. So we needed to orient you so that we'll be on the same page, so that your energies will be directed into the right things rather than allowing you to do things thinking that, oh, Sahana Minim say, yeah, no, but it doesn't work there. Following the Lord, eh, there is no haphazard way. It's an intentional way. Deliberate. You must be very deliberate to make the best out of your work with God. And we have to stretch so that we can reach whatever we are stretching for. I don't know if God has spoken to somebody this afternoon. May the Lord give you the wisdom and the grace for understanding that you'll be able to stretch in anything and everything God has called you to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Give the Lord a big clap of praise. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Medina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 177 a31 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360.
Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service, 9.30 a.m. for the second service, and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service. And on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.